Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, touch your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews, is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 52 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. And our inner geek is still not 100% healthy, but we're getting there. <laughs> we're recording this and I'm still working on the wonderful editing for the last hackathon that we did. Uh, so hopefully that will be out shortly <laughs> as well. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Not a lot for the general, unless that's where you wanted to do the questions that you asked yeah, for. I, I was just going to throw them in there. Okay. So um, just real quick, by now you've probably heard Geek News, but I wanted to mention it here too. Just welcoming our GeekCast uh, network members, the Game no, Hunters, no, no, and Broken Prism Reviews. Nope. They do. Uh, so yes, we have new members to the GeekCast network. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here because we did that in in the uh, Geek News. So just uh, look for Geek News 9-23-2014 should be the title of that one in case you only subscribe to the main. Go on over to the website and check for the Geek News where we talk a little bit more about why uh, and what it means for them to be in the GeekCast network. And that is really all I have besides the questions. So you want to lead us off on the questions? Or? I will lead off. Being a recording day, I just threw out on all our feeds today that we were recording, and I asked for questions, and I got a couple responses. <laughs> Nate, Mm-mm, who is nope. now now on the bubble, <laughs> he had his name for a couple months. Uh, and I guess, then he had to open his... <laughs> <laughs> I think this question is directed more at you than me. Is there any chili left? There is a little bit of chili left. Uh, in fact, uh, it, it may not last past tomorrow because I think that is what Megan and I are planning for tomorrow evening to finish off, uh, hopefully leftovers. And then my batch of chili was just about right for, for what we had. So we had a gaming weekend at the Geek Compound. Nate and a bunch of other people were here. We had, uh, you know, Matthew from Broken Prism was actually able to come out and game with us since he had to be in town for work. And, uh, Cyrus was here. Father Geek, it was always great to see him and a bunch of, Don't uh, lie. <laughs> what would you know? You weren't here when Cyrus was here. <laughs> it was good to see him. <laughs> you haven't lived until you played Cards Against Humanity with us. So, <laughs> yeah. So we had a lot of good people. I mean, a lot of local people and some, some of those local people are also listeners like Nate. Uh, I've kind of said his name way too many times now. Good grief. All right. So yes. And we made a big batch of chili and. All kinds of stuff. We had we had a pretty much you know the original plan was like to do a meal and probably have to do like a you know order pizzas or something like that. Uh, we never did that. <laughs> we never had to between everything we kind of made uh, and what some people brought and stuff. That was it. Everybody was uh, full all weekend long, and we got to game. 
All right. And then Daniel at Hoppities, I believe is uh, how to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Over on Twitter responded, the top five expansions that we like for any games, which... Uh, you know how I feel about top fives and favorite, top lists and I favorites, know. though. I know. <laughs> I said anything except yep. math questions, so... Yeah, but you don't need to respond. That's math. (laughs) (laughs) See, if I say one now, then I have to minus one to know how many left. (laughs) Well, you know, I'll go ahead with mine. Sure. Because I was going to be a dick about it and just say, (laughs) what? Dominion. (laughs) Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. (laughs) But in fact, I put slightly more thought into it than that. My favorite, uh, in no particular order. But what ended up first coming to mind was the Fantastic Four expansion for Legendary, because, hey, Galactus. Yeah, I don't think I've played that one yet. Uh, after that, the BSG uh, expansion Pegasus, because, well, Pegasus <laughs> and Admiral Kane. I did get a Dominion expansion in there, Dark Age, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, as we discussed and we half-reviewed it, it really revived my interest in the game. Made oh, come it, on. Made it a lot less stale. Are you saying we half-reviewed it, like half-assed it? Or, no. I, I think mean, we did a full was, review. Well, <laughs> we did a full review, but it was a review of an expansion. Right. So we didn't have to go into mm-hmm. everything that made up a Dominion game. Right. Then the Marklin edition for Ticket to Ride, because Germany. <laughs> and then the X-Wing, uh, the Millennium Falcon expansion for X-Wing, because, hey, it's Millennium <laughs> Falcon, fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Nice. And uh, those were my top five. Okay. I don't know if I Did quite... you break your own rule or? Break my own rule of what? And come up with a five as I was talking? Or just I never said I had a rule. I just, just said, said I don't, don't like, like it. <laughs> but, I mean, well, one, I, I do agree with you about Dark Ages. And then, we, like you said, we said that when we reviewed it. It completely revived my interest in Dominion mm-hmm. and brought... To me, a whole new level to the, to the game at the time. So I know a few people that didn't like it and I, I just, I have a hard time getting, I, I can't bring myself to even go, you know, there's, there are sometimes people will disagree with you and you can see their point, just not agree with it. Mm-hmm. And then there are other times where you're like, you're just, you're just absolutely nuts. And that's an absolutely nuts time for me. I'll tell you what. So dark ages, can I go with an unreleased expansion? <laughs> if you're sure that it might be released at some point, I'm not 100% sure. No. Daniel wasn't specific. So there, there you go. I've said it before. I'll just say it again. And, and it's not going to come to any surprise or be any kind of shock, but Cryptozoic needs to pick up that five to six player expansion for Gravwell, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned, because I've played it and it's amazing and I'm already on board with it. And it, it, it easily would become one of my top expansions, I think. Uh, and I like the way he took it to five to six because originally Corey didn't think he would ever do a five to six player expansion. And then he kind of thought about how it would work and he did it. You know, I was going to say the Battlestar Galactic stuff in general, but only because of more character. Some of the other stuff in most of the expansions I don't care for, but I do like the addition of the characters and stuff. And uh, BSG is definitely one of my favorite trader mechanic games. So um, I was, I will go in general there and then I might have to stop at three here. Smash up just because you add more stuff to smash up and it's, it's insane. Oh, and, um, the firefly stuff, mm. even though we haven't necessarily play, played a lot of it yet or whatever, but I mean, I like the, like the game and 
the stuff that it that it's added so far has been really cool and stuff that we've been just jonesing to kind of get into. So that it could potentially change if we get into it. And suddenly we, you know, some people uh, are not happy with Firefly from the length perspective. I don't mind it. I mean, I kind of know that going in and, and I like what they've done with it. And I think it may, I, I, everything is fine with me and I don't mind the time. Well, once uh, you got experienced players, the game, the game length really tightened up. So yeah. And, and so I think the expansion stuff just looked really cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll go with for now. All right. His next question was favorite game meeple ever. <laughs> and my initial response was, uh, but I've never wanted to cuddle with a meeple, n- nor have I. But <laughs> then I remembered the joy I got the first time I played the Game of Thrones board game mm. that we reviewed way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And the knight figure there actually serves two roles. If you stand it up straight, it looks like a knight. But I laid mine down, and it was a pig. So it's a dual animal meeple. And I consistently laid my, my pig down all night long and, and trashed people with my war pigs rather than my knights. So that's uh, that's what I like there for my favorite meeple. Yeah, I got nothing. Right. I, I could care. I mean, a piece is a piece when it comes to that. I, I really like the purple cubes from uh, Lords <laughs> exactly, of Waterdeep. Yeah. And then... A game I've wanted to burn. <laughs> and I've never really been that. My initial response was, well, I wouldn't want to burn anything because there's nothing out there for somebody. You know, you know, everybody's going to like a game, even if I mm-hmm. don't. Somebody's going to like a game, even if I don't. But then I thought about two of my worst gaming experiences in the last 12 months. <laughs> I immediately came up with two answers. <laughs> One, and everybody's going to disagree with me on this. I know. Jordan at allisgeeks.com. <laughs> Or podcast at allisgeeks.com. Hey, now. <laughs> Apocalypse was not keen on that. And if that were to disappear into a black hole, I would not be disappointed. And sadly, Mage Knight. I uh, had such high hopes for that when it came out and then had to wait two years to play it because they never printed enough for, for me to actually buy it. And it took two years for somebody to that I know to actually buy it. <laughs> and then I played the game. And I thought it was horrible. Everybody that I know apparently really loves it, but Vlada just took together all the mechanics of every game ever made and threw them in a blender and dumped them on a rule book and everything about that game I dislike. So if also if that were to disappear, I would not be disappointed. <laughs> well, everybody knows my love of Catan, but you know what? I won't go as far because like I, I've said before, I understand like I don't like it. But I understand its importance in the hobby and crossing people over. So maybe I'll just pray away the Catan. I'll let <laughs> no, I'll I'll let the core, I'll let the base stay, and I'll just burn the five to six player expansion because everybody, every time I talk about playing it, and everybody, and I, and I, I always say, yeah, I've always played it six players. Everybody goes, oh, well, that's horrible. Five to six is horrible. <laughs> So it's like, so maybe we just burn the five to six player expansion. <laughs> and again, I, I'm not a fan of Agricola. I'm not a fan of Galaxy Trucker. Agricola is fine, can stay around. Galaxy Trucker can burn in a fiery hell. So <laughs> somebody actually brought that into my house this weekend and almost got kicked out. Like accidentally or were they? No, just no, no. On purpose. You? They brought the big old anniversary box. I think it was, I think Steve brought it. And yeah, kept yeah. mentioning 
bringing it out on the table. I was like, that's fine. There's another table or you can leave or, you know, whatever you want to do. And then we talked about at one point, I forgot what, oh, it was uh, because enough people had showed up where we couldn't just, you know, we kept growing the game we were playing as people showed up and then it finally kind of bust. It was like, well, either we're breaking out Cards Against Humanity right now (laughs) or we're finally going to split off into two groups. And we started joking around about team captains and and doing picks on who gets to go with who to play what game uh and then steve kind of floated the idea oh that would be awesome if the team if the captains actually got to pick the game because i'd pick jeff and then i'd pick galaxy trucker and so he was trying to get kicked out of my house i think i, I apparently he didn't like it here or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem to like grab well though that kind of surprised me but i i don't know if, what the deal there is so yeah i there's no to me, there's no redeeming value to putting Galaxy Trucker on the table in front of me. It's not something I ever want to play again. I don't care if I ever see see it again. So, yeah, if I had owned it, sure, I'd probably burn it. <laughs> <laughs> and the 5-6 to six player expansion for Katana. There you go. Those two. Alrighty. Well, thank you for, to Daniel and uh, I guess he who shall not be named uh, <laughs> for, your, for your participation. You lost your name again. <laughs> game review this time we are going to be taking a look at all hands on deck on what on deck deck Deck. enunciate it matters from salamander games uh, this is actually on Kickstarter right now. So it's going until October 18th, 2014. Last time I looked, they were looking for $11,500 and they were at $3,460. And of course, this just recently launched. I think they launched on talk like a pirate day, I think is when they launched. Yar. So, yar. so we are going to take a look at this game. It is a two to six player game. Basically a rummy style card game with an auction mechanic. The overall idea is that, you know, you, uh, are just getting back from a serious plundering. I believe it's, uh, some big ship has crashed. If I remember the backstory and all the pirates kind of, and it was supposed to be, you know, full of, uh, uh, loot and booty. And so everybody went and, uh, Yes. It's all about the booty. It's what a all about the booty. So everybody went to, to have it, uh, to, to, to state claim. Fights broke out. Hilarity ensued. Burning. All that good stuff. So you've kind of limped your, this is after the battle. You're, you've limped your way back to port. Uh, and now you are basically repairing and recruiting to go out on the high seas again. So you're trying to replenish your crew for your pirate ship. So that's the uh, idea behind it, the, the little theme that they kind of put behind a Rummy-style game. So all of the cards are uh, cartoon, uh, you know, pirates and uh, various uh, types that would make up your crew, and there's some action cards and all that good stuff. Again, this plays two to six players. And the idea is through the game, you are trying to either get a, is it a run of seven, run of, of, seven one of one suit, suit. or... Runs of three in the three different suits. The first player to accomplish one of those things wins. So we have, like I said, we, there's three different suits. So there's the Black Vipers, the Storm Sail, and the Sea Sabers. Each have a different symbol and a different color. So uh, that part is kind of nice. You can tell it apart by symbol and color. And then there's some action cards as well. And the each suit goes from like one to ten. So one being your cabin boys, all the way up to 10 being your first mate. And 
what happens is for a turn, everybody starts with five cards. The first turn, we did not draw, right? Correct. Yeah. First turn, you don't draw, but every subsequent turn, you the first thing you do is everybody gets one card. After everybody's gotten their five and all that good stuff, there's all the remainder of the cards, which there are quite a few cards, are put in the middle. Uh, So on a normal turn, minus first turn, everybody will be dealt a card. Once you're dealt that card, then the top card of the deck will be flipped over as the auction off card. So that could be it. So here I'll uh, grab off the deck here. Uh, we are looking at the Sea Saber Cabin Boy. So that's the number one, uh, for that deck. Now again, Roger the Cabin Boy. <laughs> nice. The, uh, number at this point, at least for the auction, probably only matters to you as far as if you are looking at it for your run. But it, it also might be something that you potentially want to try to put in your hand for, for auction power later. Um, so starting with the person to the left of the dealer, they get to decide if they are going to bid or pass. If they decide to bid, they take as many cards as they want out of their hand and put them face down and in front of, uh, them and just say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm bidding four cards or I'm bidding two cards, you know, whatever they decide to do. And then we go, you go around the table and everybody can bid however many cards they want to or pass. Uh, so it's not like I bid two cards. Jordan has to bid three cards. Jordan can bid two cards as well, or one card, because after everybody's bid or pass, they all get flipped over. So when they're flipped over, you add up the total points of crew members that you've bid to see if you've won the card. Now, if you've played crew members that are the same suit as the card you're trying to bid for, your point total is doubled. So let's say I've got a gunner storm sail here, uh, and he's a four. If I was bidding on another storm sale, he's actually worth eight to me. So you add up your points and see who wins it. Now there's also action cards, uh, and these mostly get played at the same time you're bidding. There's one, I think there's just the one that I know of that you don't have to, you don't play during the, the bidding phase. And that's kind of like a wild. You get to stick it in for any other card. Yep. Uh, otherwise, if you're going to play action cards, you play them at the same time as you're bidding. So I could say I'm bidding two cards. One of them might be my first mate, which is going to give me 10 points, but the other one might be this fall off the dock, which is, well, that would be a bad combination. <laughs> All right, let's say it's my cabin boy for one point <laughs> and the fall off the dock, uh, which I don't know why I'd even put the cabin boy out there unless I just really wanted it out of my hand. But uh, the fall off the dock is once it's flipped and starting with the first player, and going around the table, uh, that's how these are resolved. So if multiple people have played action cards, first players will trigger first and go around the table. So uh, fall off the dock says discard the action card or the auction card, all bid cards and any cards and any action cards still in play. So if you're the first player and you've played that, nobody else will get their action cards. Not only that, but the bid card goes away and, and uh, all of the cards that were were used to try to bid on it go away. So basically you just cleared it away. Nobody gets anything. So that's kind of evil. So that's one of those things. If you're again, first player, that's pretty cool. Uh, last player. Eh, I mean, you'll still clear everything, but everybody's action cards will trigger before yours. Uh, and then you've got one. Here's another one. Uh, hidden plunder. Take any one card from the discard pile. So you may not be able to win the card in the middle, but you, if there's already cards in the discard pile, you can take one out of there. And if it's one that you know you need for your run, 
you you would do that. So there's various action cards like that. Like I said, there's one that's a, a wild. There's one, and, and uh, one thing I should mention is that action cards do not count for points towards the bid at all. Uh, but there is one action card, the rum card, that basically is an auto win. So that if you play the rum card, that round, not the game, that round, yes, auto win the bid or the auction. So if you play the rum card, as long as somebody hasn't discarded it with fall off the dock before you, uh, you will win the auction. So continue like that. So you do the bid of the past, you reveal the bids, resolve the, the card, all the action cards, and then you determine who won the auction. And then you discard so you can discard as many cards as you want before you get dealt the next card the start of the next round why would you discard when you're looking for all these runs well there is a hand limit of 12 cards and there's also a cheat mechanic kind of in there as well so you don't have to fan out your cards you don't have to show anybody what you've got you can kind of keep them all together you got to keep them above the table so, I mean, they can see you holding the cards, but you don't have to fan them out or count them out or anything like that unless somebody says you're a cheat. So if somebody claims you're a cheat and they have to do that between you drawing the card in the next round and the bid being revealed. Um, once the bid cards are revealed, nobody can try to call you a cheat again until the next round where you've drawn a card. If somebody calls you a cheat, you have to basically show that you have less than 12 cards uh, or 12 cards or less. If you do... You get to take a card from that, or is it two cards? I think it's two. It's two, keep one, discard the other, yeah. I think. And then if you are, they yep. get to randomly take cards from you until you're at 12. Until you're at 12, and then yep. they get to keep one of those and discard the rest. So that's one of the reasons why you might be discarding. Uh, you know, you know, you're going to, you're well over 12 or whatever you, you want to keep down or it just, you know, whatever. If you might have junk in your hand that you don't want, that's not normally going to be the case. Again, it's mostly going to be you're trying to stay under the 12, I think, because you just never know what's going to come up and everything can be used for something extra bidding or whatever. Uh, so that is pretty much the game. And like I said, you, you kind of keep going. It's the, a rummy style game until one person has a run of seven of one suit or three runs of three for each suit, at least three for each suit. Starting us off with components. What do you think? It's a deck of cards. It's a deck of cards, <laughs> but they're relatively glossy and the artwork is nice. Yep. It's easy to read. There's no, no mechanics or anything. So the artwork takes up the, the bulk of the card, whether it's a, a, a character or an action, you know, the text is readable. Right. If what we have here is the final product, uh, you know, from a successful Kickstarter, then yeah, I mean, the components are excellent. Yep. It is on Kickstarter right now. So obviously what we have is a prototype, uh, but I believe this is fairly finalized art and all that good stuff. And it, it looks good. I mean, uh, it's, it's right where it needs to be. It's cartoony, but it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, this is a more casual, uh, oh, game. Yeah. So it, it, you know, you're not looking for like somebody getting run, you know, run through with a saber or something like that. Uh, it, it's, it's decent art. It, it pulls you in. It's, it's friendly. It is nice. Like you said, that the art takes up most of the card because there's not a lot of other than the action cards. There's not a lot of need for text or anything like that. It's a nice touch that they have symbols as well as colors mm -hmm. for each of the, the different suits. So they're, and they have them named on each of the cards as well. Yes. So you've got three ways to distinguish what you're dealing with, which is kind of nice. Very easy to read. You know, like I said, there's not a lot of text to worry about. It's mostly numbers, but your action cards, even those, they've pretty much 
made pretty concise mm-hmm. and easy to read. Uh, the rule book that we got does have a couple pages of, you know, detailed explanation for each action card if you do have a question about it. So that was kind of nice. you go to. Yes. I will always try to break the game. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. Uh, and the, and the question was answered yes. in the detail, uh, and easy to find. It's here are the cards. What's the name of the card? Alphabetical order. Here's what it really, here's the detailed version of that card. So, uh, very well done there. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the components, uh, for the type of game this is. Again, it's just a card game. So, uh, it's not, we're not dealing with wood meeples or any of that other stuff or a board. And they held up pretty well, multiple plays from us and messing around with the cards and stuff. So, and again, this is still the prototype mechanics. What'd you think? It's, it's gin rummy. You know, it's, if you're familiar with that game, that's really all you need to know, except that there are some action cards as well. It's hard to break gin and they haven't. <laughs> so mechanically it's it, it's 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 getting the runs and you you, you don't get much simpler on than the that. ship <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh yeah i mean it it is pretty simple pretty straightforward anybody that is a card player is going to be able to pick this up right away which is actually nice in in mm-hmm. my case and we'll talk about that uh more in a little bit but from a mechanic standpoint i do kind of like games like this because I do play because I, I, I'm in a family of card gamers now. So it is kind of nice to be able to play something like this that does have that little extra twist. So the action cards were kind of a nice thing. And I don't, I mean, there wasn't anything obnoxious uh, no. to them. And there's stuff nothing like vicious there. Yeah. There's nothing. So it's all basic manipulation. Yeah. Rules. I mean, I went over the rule book. We all kind of glanced it over a little bit as we were playing. The rules are really nice. Uh, I mean, I, I've got just printed on, on paper and, and stuff right now, but it is the full color, nice layout. Uh, like we said earlier, easy to find, you know, when we were looking for specifics on cards. Yeah. There's um, fluff, there's rules and right. there's explanation. It's- and back page has a nice reference of the game round. Yep. To kind of check out so you just go hey you're doing this 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 and this and and again one being a card player two the this being a more on the casual side game other than checking specifics maybe on an action card this is all you, the back page is all you need which is always nice i always yes. like it when you can get to a point where okay i've looked at the rules this is all i potentially need if i even need to look at this mm-hmm. and you really don't after like one or two rounds you're like all right here's what we're doing it's 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 kind of plays itself at that point you 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 get the process easy uh teachability uh you explained it and i said this sounds like gin and you said yes and (laughs) and we went from there yes if you have a passing familiarity with gin rummy or rummy 500 or german rummy this is you know for the most part that's all you need to know and if you don't if you're not that kind of card player before, the game is ridiculously easy to pick up. Yep. And we had, we should mention, we had Matthew from Broken Prism in with us and he was playing with us. It was end of the night after the gaming event. Everybody else had gone home. So we got in a few games at that point too. He sat down, learned it. I mean, everybody picked it up real easy. This is super easy to teach. So theme, what did you think of the theme? It's piratey. I like it. All hands on deck. The art, you know, for the pirates is nice and the, there's, it's thematic on the action cards. You know, I didn't want to break out my yars and a belaying <laughs> pin and start beating anybody, but it's for what it is, a simple rummy-esque card game. You know, the pirates are on every card. Mm-hmm. So it's there and it's in your face all the time. So it's always visible. It's there and it's enjoyable. 
I liked it. Like I said, and it's it's mostly from the component standpoint. Like you had kind of said earlier, there's there's fluff in the the front of the book and all that stuff about why you're re re recruiting your for your ship and all that stuff. Uh, and the artwork is really nice and some fluff to the action cards. There's what the action card does, and a lot of them have a little bit of fluff text as well. It works pretty well. The one thing, and this probably maybe should have mentioned in mechanics, but again, I am never a fan of the cutesy who's starting player thing. And this, of course, was whoever has the best pirate yar. And of course, we did not do that. <laughs> but that is so minor. I mean, again, and for what the game is, a casual game, you, I could see a fam, you know, it, it'd be one, it's one thing playing it with you guys and stuff. It's another thing, like if I was sitting down with like one of my kids and, and when they were younger and you are, have no problem getting silly with your kids if, if it makes them giggle and laugh and, and oh, I got no problems getting silly at any time. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. So fun factor slash overall. Yes, yeah, fun game. It's solid. Like we said, it's light. It's it's uh it's it's the lightest of the lights, but it's by design and, and it's there's no aspirations here to be anything other than what it is, which is a light, fun, family-friendly card game. You know, if you're in a group of, you know, more hardcore gamers, it's definitely a starter. If uh, you know, or maybe a finisher if you know you want to start or finish on something light. But it's also a family game. This is something that will definitely fit in with the uh, the the gin and monopoly crowd too well not the liquor the, the <laughs> rummy and the monopoly crowd too you know it's that kind of game yeah you like uno or you know crazy eights that kind of card game yep. it's right there too for me it has a a little bit of a a nice special place for again because megan's entire family are card players that's what they do whenever they get together more than likely there's a couple of card games that they always play and they're going to get broken out. So a lot of times if Megan's interested in introducing them to new games, it would be something like this. Like she'll ask me about games like this, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of ease them in or whatever. So this fits in very well from the family aspect. Hardcore gamers, no. I mean, if that's all you play, if you're a full-time war gamer or something like that, or, or you're only into Euros or something like that, no, this is not going to be the game for you. If you're a, this may come off wrong, but if you're a well-rounded gamer, I mean, if you play a little bit of everything. My doctor says <laughs> I'm too well-rounded. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> so yeah, your hardcore gamers aren't going to flock to this. So I'm, I'm not sure how much it would be a, beginning fill you know filler type game i don't know i mean like if you and i are sitting around and we know somebody else is coming sure we we would could break it out uh so it it does serve a purpose there i do enjoy it but i i enjoy all types of games and i enjoy games that i can easily get to the table with megan and again this is right up her alley so uh and i enjoyed the theme too so Overall, I would say if this is your style of game, definitely go check it out. All hands on deck. If you are looking for something that's easy to play with casual uh, gamers or family or just a really quick filler, this is a, a decent game to go check out. So, again, it's all hands on deck from Salamander Games, and it will be on Kickstarter through October 18th, 2014. Go check it out. Yar. There you go. That's the only one you get from me. What we're watching. I think I missed stuff just because. <laughs> Couple eps of Who have gone by since last we recorded. Woot. And I'm I not enjoyed. caught up. 
I did not watch last or this last weekend's okay. ob- for obvious reasons. You could have got a screening going oh. up there. I'm sure a lot of people there watch it. <laughs> well, yeah, Matt Matthew did. Say, oh, I missed. I I missed. I didn't get to watch Doctor. I'm like, we've, we've got it recorded. If we find time, um, we did not find well, time. Well, time heist. Uh, <laughs> it, it was nice. It had you know, kind of a leverage or Ocean's Eleven feel to it. And but oh, listen, that's right. This is the one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Listen, I really, really liked. I think that has supplanted. Hmm. Weeping Angel, the the original Weeping Angels app. I forget which one that was called. You really, you you really liked Listen. I mean, I did the way it ended. I mean, the way that it kind of wrapped into. Well, see, see, I thought there you was would a debate because that I have not gotten involved in because my theory is just so far out there that <laughs> it would be scoffed at. The Doctor doesn't have the toy soldier, mm-hmm. but that's explainable by him not his past is in Clara's future. So that's that's understandable. So she has it, gives it to him, and it is now lost or whatever. And then, of course, what they tend not to address there is, but he has no recognition of it at all. Mm-hmm. But then she, he gives her this, uh, or young Pink, the speech about fear and, and 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 courage, and then she gives that speech to somebody. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to believe it's him, mm-hmm. and that as with last season, which negated anyways um she is yet again involved in all aspects of his life but my thought is what if it wasn't him and that's why he doesn't have the the soldier either nobody else has gone that route everybody is either it's one of those things they'll bring up like in the season finale yeah. and bring it all back around we'll find out then when they bring back the master again for you know <laughs> How many times have you died? That that's my thought. Maybe it's not him. If it is him, and and I and I, I don't give Moffat that much credit for that much depth. I it's, <laughs> I think it's just yet again him doing Clara being responsible for everything that the Doctor is. But in this case, unlike the last season, this I found acceptable, and I think I liked it right up until that part. That well, that kind of lost me at that part. I enjoyed it very much because it was. Him investigating a concept mm-hmm. and not not battling a villain. Mm-hmm. He bounced around past, present, and future, and everywhere. You know, I, and this is not new stuff. I mean, psychologists have done studies on you know the monsters under the bed as yep. a cultural phenomenon. So this was a good take on that, and I thought it was enjoyable going back and forth, and you know, past, present, future, like I said, and the various pinks and whatnot. No, I thought it was really good. Uh, a, a concept more so than a villain. Yep. Yeah. Big Bang Theory has started up again for the season, so we watched mm-hmm. uh, the first step of that. Apparently, it was a double ep last night. We watched the first ep, and okay. uh, did we watch the second? I, I think I think we might have only watched the first one too. But yeah, yeah, we we recorded them both, but uh, it was like ten o'clock by the time we got done with that. So I just said, no, I'm going to bed. I've been continuing to work through uh, SG One. I think I'm nearing the end of season three. Face Off. So watching Face Off. I think that's it's got to be close being done here soon ink master rivals has been a guilty pleasure for us lately because i've always said i've enjoyed the ink master show (laughs) and i do and it of the the two tattoo competition shows that they have that's that's the one i enjoy the most uh but i always could do without some of the drama this is 100 percent drama or like 85 percent drama because they brought back two contestants that were on previous a previous season that kind of became rivals. And then everybody else that fills up spot has brought their 
real life rival with them in the tattoo world. Uh, so it's all of these people and it's kind of funny how, how much the arguments end up being outside of their own rivals. Like people blow the <laughs> hell up and it's not even the person that they're supposedly the most pissed at in the room or whatever. So I don't know. And they've had some really bad tattoos. Like pinup week, some of them look like they were putting like pugs on people with the face, smashed in faces. It was, that was a bad, bad week. So yeah, that, that's on and we're, we're enjoying that. But at the same time, we're hating ourselves a little bit every time because of how much drama is in it this year. Is this a CW show now? <laughs> uh, legends, you know, we've, I, I don't know. I, we might have caught up with legends or we're, uh, just an episode or two behind. So, you know, I'm still, I'm oh, enjoying crap. that. Yeah. I gotta, f- yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still, try that. I'm still enjoying that so far. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of where they take it and how long they, they take it and, and whatever. So, it, you know, he's still trying to figure out if he's, you know, live or Memorex. Uh, so, but, you know, everybody that potentially has the answer doesn't stay around very long. <laughs> whatever. There's been some good people on there too so far. I'm actually enjoying that one. Ray Donovan talked about that before. That one is uh, still going. We're fully caught up on that and watching it as it happens. Boardwalk Empire started, I believe. This is the final season of Boardwalk Empire, I believe. That one I've always been kind of neutral on. Megan enjoys that one more than I do, but it's still, I mean, it's a, it's an okay show. I've, uh, I at least watch it. I don't completely tune out <laughs> like some other things. Are you watching this? Yes. What's going on? <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, no, I don't even. Mob stuff? I don't even pretend if I'm not. If I'm completely tuned out, I'm completely tuned out. Sons of Anarchy started up again, of course. And again, this is their final season as well. Uh, been enjoying that a lot. And then I, um, I power watched a comedy show on Netflix. A con- I don't know where it originally aired, but Blue Mountain State. Have you ever heard of that one? It's this little dorky and I, I watched it. I don't know. It kept popping up in my Netflix. I finally ended up watching it this is like when we get to reading and i haven't read anything because now at night i'm throwing netflix on and watching various things and instead of reading that was my reading time so i've been watching stuff instead so blue mountain state which i originally thought was two seasons it was actually three seasons so i watched it longer than i thought i was going to be (laughs) but it's a little like 20 you know half hour but you know 20 some minute show Mm -hmm. um that is the it's a comedy and it's, it's the, it's basically based around Blue Mountain State is this college. You know, it's the kind of like a, you know, like a, one of these, like a state that, you know, like a Texas style football is everything kind of and, and college. And one of the main character or the two main characters really for the show is the, the backup quarterback, which that's all he wants to be. That's his whole goal. So that he actually gets the scholarship, doesn't have to do anything. Uh, so at any time he's threatened with potentially becoming the starter, <laughs> he tries to find a way out of it. And then at one point he became the third string quarterback and thought that was going to be the greatest thing and realized <laughs> that no, he wanted second back because third is really horrible. Like, you know, cause they do the whole thing, uh, or, you know, his whole, th- I mean, it's, it's all about him being as carefree as possible and, and not dealing with consequences and all that stuff. So he's like second quarterback, you know, I get the trickle down women that the first quarterback, and then he's like, well, wait a minute, third string. I get the really, you know, stuff like that. So it's just this little, dorky comedy and of course you know they've got all the uh you know big dumb jock and all you know all that kind of stuff and then but his best friend 
who went with him is one of the other main characters and his whole thing is he just wants to be the mascot. So he becomes one of the mascots and hilarity ensues. And it's one of those shows where I said, I don't know, I don't know where it originally aired, but they go as far as they potentially can go without actually like doing like full nudity and, and all that stuff. I mean, you know, you'll see, you know, uh, drugs and, and dildos and, and, you know, just, and, uh, condoms and, you know, everything else and like, you know, side boob and push up bras and all that stuff. And, and so a regular game night at Jordals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, Thursday night. I watched all three seasons of that stupid pl- guilty pleasurey kind of thing. It was 20 minutes, 20 minute show. So now that I'm done with that, I'm actually, I was like, well, what else can I watch? And again, I didn't want to watch anything long. So I started watching the fourth season of the league, which I think I've mostly seen. Um, so I, I, all the ones I've watched so far I have seen, but I can't remember where I left off. So I'm just watching the whole season because, again, it's like 20 minutes as an episode. So I'm going to watch season four and season five because I don't think I think somewhere in season four, I think, is where we kind of dropped it for some reason. I don't know if it conflicted with something else or what. But so I'm watching that and and enjoying that again because that is an awesome show. (laughs) Forever unclean. (laughs) White knuckle it. White knuckle it. (laughs) And then uh, I'll just mention it. I haven't watched it yet, but Gotham is recorded but not watched yet. So I cannot give an opinion on that one yet. But soon, next episode, I should be able to. And then for movies, just the one Cyrus and I watched and have already recorded our review. So, uh, yes, Two Bald Geeks is coming. There are actually two recorded. I just need to get to them in the editing queue. But we had a listener request for a ridiculous movie called Mutant Girls Squad. And, um, not squat. Nope, squad. And this is just showcasing that our listeners hate us. And that's what I've watched. <laughs> What we're reading slash listening to, I got none. Rule books. Yeah. That's about it. That's, like I said. I've been on a bit of a crappy book kick. I'm currently reading, or still reading, Diplomatic Immunity, the latest foreclosing book in my run, and it's uh, bad. But (laughs) I feel uh, contractually obligated at this point to finish it since I've read the first 10 or 11, whatever it's up to. So it's, uh, it's not good. She lost the plot on this one. And that is also the same with Nothing to Lose, uh, Jack Reacher number 12, I believe. And this was, there have been some thin verging on, you know, cheesecloth plots in some of these <laughs> books, but he's generally manages to pull it out in a semi-believable way. But this was just stupid. I got run out of town, so I'm just going to fuck everybody up. And that's kind of what it was. Uh, about halfway through the book, they decided to, he decided to actually put in a plot, <laughs> but it was just Reacher walking back and forth between the two towns in the show, hope and despair in the show in the book. And of course, hope is where the good cop is and despair is where all the bad people are. It was, <laughs> it was bad. It was a bad <laughs> book. I was very disappointed. I gave it two stars on, on Goodreads and one of those stars was just cause it ended. <laughs> Sympathy star. That's right. (laughs) I either books have been good. So, okay. (laughs) Still listening to Saga of the Seven Sons. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson mentioned that last time. It's getting good. Uh, the creatures that, uh, were, uh, accidentally jetted out of their gas giant have, uh, struck back. 
all the players are being put into place to be either the uh, stupid old people of their race that will soon be replaced by the younger generation or the stupid criminals of their race, which will then be meeting their comeuppance by the uh, younger generation of their race. So it's interesting. It's nothing deep, but it's it's good to listen to while I'm mowing the lawn or on an elliptical or something like that. Uh, on the comic side, I read the first four issues of Big Trouble in Little China, which is uh, <laughs> actually storyboarded out by John Carpenter, and it is good. It is a direct follow-up to the events that happen in the movie. It starts off right away with Jack Burton having to go back to Wang's wedding uh, for a reason. And it's, it's just right there. You know, the movie ended with, you know, now Wang and Miao Yin can get married. And there it is right there. It's like two days later and uh, Jack's going back to talk with Egg Shen about something that happened. It's... Uh, <laughs> All the humor and all, I, I can hear, I can hear them talking, you know, and, and, uh, especially Egg and Jack and it, all the humor is there. It's, uh, it's the same pleasantly shallow, you know, that, that, <laughs> that, that the movie was. And then I've also been reading Lumberjanes, which, oh, yeah. yeah. And it is funny. It is, you know, not belly laugh, ha ha ha, but it's, um, it, it's Scooby Doo funny. It's, it's simple because it's just young girls in kind of like a Girl Scout thing and they go to the Lumberjanes camp and every issue they meet the monster, you know, and sometimes they just get away and sometimes they defeat it, drive it off kind of thing. And their troop leader doesn't believe them, you know, but the camp leader does. And I think I'm up to five now. They've met the big bad who is... uh uh, they didn't realize it, but it's revealed at the end of the issue, and he's over at a, a different camp. It's simple, but not stupid. It's good for kids or adults. You know, not really young kids, but definitely in like the, you know, 9 to 12 range. It's enjoyable. The art is good. The art is very good. The dialogue in the comics is pretty snappy, and the pacing is very good. They're always on the move. They're always doing something. They're always trying to get to somewhere or away from somewhere. It, and it's not, uh it's not scooby-doo dumb like i enjoyed scooby-doo as a kid but then watching it occasionally with a nephew or something i'm like i liked this <laughs> this this is good for both kids and adults and uh if anybody else uh, out there has has been on the fence about it because it is you know it's not traditional tights and fights art mm -hmm. and it is an all-girl cast and it is uh from boom so it's it's indie don't let any of that deter you check it out it's 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 enjoyable it's like I said, it's funny. It's not belly laugh funny, but it's snappy and it's, you know, chuckle every couple pages funny. And that's, uh, that's what I got for the reading. The only other thing I'll mention is, uh, as far as listening, I am actually finally caught up on Hollywood Babylon. Like I have no outstanding, uh, episodes and I'm just starting my Phoebe backlog and that is the last backlog I have. So at some point here, I could potentially get to the point where I might actually be looking for more podcasts to listen to, uh, since I won't have a backlog. I think I've got like seven or eight episodes of that that I haven't listened to. And I started one of them today. So the first one. So, uh, well, with your commute by the end of next week, you should be clear. We'll see. Well, I still get other stuff coming in. <laughs> I still list like there's everything else I listen to as it pops in. Mm -hmm. and then when the, when I get through that, I went back to Hollywood Babylon, and now I'm going to be back to Phoebe.
what we're playing. Been playing a lot of Crossfire, both at Jordal's house and at this past attempt at a game day. I taught Crossfire to a few people and it was well received. <laughs> Autocorrect. I need to turn that off on my tablet. <laughs> Turned attack wing into attached wing. <laughs> yes, the wings are attached for the most part. Was kids QC isn't that bad. So yeah, we played uh the the last uh OP for the current series that that was wrapping up and it was fun. It was uh our group is is, is pretty faction pure, you know, so we don't do a lot of uh math wing in this. We don't do a lot of optimization. We just stick with, you know, we're gonna play Fed, so I'm I'm just gonna build a Fed fleet and maybe throw in some Indies, you know, whatever. You know, I keep it kind of fleet pure. Everybody there does. But this this particular scenario was designed, I think, for the math people in mind, the math wing people, the stat wing. Because <laughs> you really had to super optimize if you were going to be competitive. And since none of us did that, um, none of us made it through the first save point, as it were. You know, the scenario was that it starts with a board cube and when you've done 25 points of damage to it. You know, this is like out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Once you've destroyed the cube, then the queen in the in the sphere pops out, and then you've got to destroy the sphere too. And the cube starts out; it's got options of either three attacks at five dice, you know, three different ships, or two different ships at seven dice, or one ship at twelve dice. And the options as ships are destroyed become fewer and fewer, so the attack dice are always higher and higher. And the more damage you do to it, it gets more defense <laughs> dice. So eventually it's throwing out more dice at you than you can at it, and it's getting more defense dice than you're throwing at it for the most part. I was the only person that dropped transphasic torpedo, so I was the only person with a 10-point attack. That seems like bad planning, but and I mocked everybody for it. But uh, you? It, no. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but it was it was just really hard. It's like one big hit, and then it starts throwing a lot of dice on both sides of its action, and... It, it, it it's as i described it it's not so much that i won it's just i lost the least <laughs> <laughs> so i mean there's a lot of the stat wing type players out there and so this was definitely one for them and i i didn't mind at all because it was just fun watching because control of the cube went back and forth and it was just fun being able to pick on one ship and throw 12 dice at it knowing that you know at best it was going to get three or four defense dice you know it's like ha ha bang and now you have half a ship you know, you know and uh, so it was fun playing the borg and this was definitely one because the other two the other two ops were um cooperative and you were working against the borg now you know this one you still were not allowed to attack each other but at least you got to control the borg this time to you really mess up your opponent so it was it was a good one and then I've got the uh ongoing little weekly X-Wing game in. We're working on the, the Tantive 4 scenarios. We finished the first two. We're going on to the third. Uh Really having fun with these. Tantive is uh it's kind of a beastly ship. I've won them. I've won both scenarios. And the last one quite handily because my dice were on fire and his dice sucked. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at one point I put four dice... A four die attack at range five against a ship that started off with four defense. So he ended up throwing seven defense dice and I still got four hits. His dice were just that bad. I didn't feel bad enough to feel sorry about it. <laughs> I just took the win and, 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 and called it a day. Legendary encounters. We played some lock and key mm-hmm. and, uh, I checked out, I discovered a Steve Jackson game that I actually kind of like. Shay Geek. Oh, you like Shay Geek? I do. I have that. 
It's not here. It's still in storage, but it's fast because it has a defined ending, and mm-hmm. there's no well. In typical Steve Jackson games fashion, everybody ganged up on me at one point because <laughs> I was one point away from winning. And I could win in three different ways on my turn. And they screwed me over three different ways on my <laughs> turn to prevent me from winning. So it's, it, it is kind of, it's, it's, you know, slacker munchkin as opposed yeah. to chess munchkin. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked it a little bit better because there's more def- a defined ending and there's less opportunities, except for in that one instance of the ganging up to play keep away and stuff like that. Um, but the art's the same. It's, mm-hmm. you know, all the same kind of cheeky in the know kind of wink and nod stuff. And uh, though I haven't got a game in of Warhammer recently, I've working on my Skull Crushers of Corn, uh, just painting them. You know, I would want to do something different with them because the uh, G Dub paint scheme is very bright red, lots of bright reds. Because well, Corn's the blood god, and everybody is a lot of bright reds. Because you know, it's a good way to get a model to kick with a lot of bright colors. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do something a little mute and a little more dark, and still be able to get in. Um, some of uh, purple, because I like purple. So I primed and base coated them with a rust colored red. And so now the my bright, I'm using a scorn red instead of a corn red or a blood red. And it's got a really nice muted tone to it that I that I like. And I think when I mix some purple and black together for almost everything else on the knights and the banners, I think it's going to be a really nice corn meshed with a bit of slanesh. Because slanesh, is, the rest of my army is slanesh in theme but these guys are dedicated to corn so they have to be at least a bit red so i'm trying to blend it kind of a little some slash riders on some corn juggernauts to to get them <laughs> into my army and that's uh, that's what i got on the gaming side still playing star realms uh on the tablet so playing quite a bit of that still off and on i picked up ascension on the tablet yeah you know i i've so always, it's as good as the tabletop game well you know i've, I've never played the tabletop game and i heard from a lot of people that have had it, you know, iOS for so long that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, well, I love it on the tablet. I'll only play on the tablet now. It's so much better on the tablet. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's because I never had to go through the, the shuffle hell that is Ascension and all that good stuff and, and play it on, on the physical version. But I mean, the, the art is, is not good. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's kind of blandished. I mean, it's almost like I'm kind of autopilot playing it parts of it you know and it's i don't know it's you know i coming from playing a hell of a lot of star realms now to this and it's just i don't know i mean it's it's more of a yeah okay nobody's taking a turn in star realms or you know and i'm I'm bored for a minute let me pull this up i guess or that or san juan which i like san juan and i enjoy that one and of the two i'll probably play that one more but i wanted to check it out and again the whole Hey, you brought something to Android. Let me let me let you know that somebody appreciates that. Alone will that. Get my five dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, but I don't know. I just I'm I'm not quite. I can't get into it. So then we played a ton of stuff at the at the gaming weekend. We got the prototype that Bill and I have been working on. Got that to the table once. That was awesome. That was an interesting experience. I have never put anything on the table straight from my head to to mass public without making Megan suffer through it first to get it playable, more playable. So I was extremely surprised at how well it played. Uh, it, it, it played pretty well. As soon as it hit the table, I saw some things that I knew were going to be an issue, and through feedback, the, some of those things were confirmed. Uh, so Bill and I have talked about that, and we'll probably work on some stuff. He's finally got his prototype all ready to go, too, for, for his side, so he's going to take a look at some things uh, as well. But that was cool. Red November played... 
several games of Red November, uh, won none of them. We got kicked in the nuts on all those, all those games. A friend of ours, Kyle, brought his prototype. Uh, he's looking, uh, he co-created it with a couple other people that we know up in Rochester. I had already played it. He had brought it down a week or two before that, and I had played it. And we were, you know, he had come down to to let me see the the prototype and to talk about Kickstarter because they were thinking about taking it to Kickstarter and all that stuff. So uh, he brought it back and got some more feedback from a bunch of people at the table. I taught Gravwell, kind of. I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you know, we I, I taught Gravwell. I didn't play it, but I. I taught four people that had never played it before. So that was one of my goals for the weekend is get some people that hadn't played Gravwell to play it. Cards Against Humanity. We played a ton of Cards Against Humanity late Saturday night. I think we played five or six, four or five games maybe, something like that, with rotating people and all that good stuff and upstairs on the on the eight-foot table and everybody around there. That was a lot of fun. It's always a, a good time. Two new people that had never played before. Oh, it's always interesting. He who shall not be named made enemies. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, but he's such a nice fellow. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I sprung the idea out and I think Cyrus might be on board and I, and I have a feeling a few other people would be. I think I want to do cards against humanity improv some night. <laughs> I've got some ideas in my head for how that would go. And uh, I think Cyrus was on board. There's so. a webisode. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a Google Hangout for you. <laughs> but I think <laughs> on I want- the subject of cards, I, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. But nope. A couple of weeks ago, when we were at Jordal's place mm-hmm. uh, for the cards night that you didn't make, yeah, because uh, Megan's family was in town. Yep. Um, <laughs> I totally, <laughs> I totally dicked Alex, and it was <laughs> it wasn't even by design, and it. Uh, well, it kind of was. I was because <laughs> Sarah was picking the card, and she was waffling over two or three cards. So I, I whispered to her, "Assless chaps." So obviously, <laughs> I'm whispering it, so it's not mine. But it turns out it was Alex. So I don't know if she thought if she just didn't then deliberately did not choose assless chaps because she thought it was mine. But she then doesn't choose assless chaps. And Alex leans behind Sarah and looks at me. Oh, come on, man. That was my card. Save that kind of stuff for game night. (laughs) Yeah, we had at at one point towards the end of the night, things got a little bit awkward with Cards Against Humanity because one of the people that had never played before had also been drinking quite a bit. And it turned... uh, and that was the person that Nate made enemies with. <laughs> uh, and at one point, Nate's card got put aside and she read everybody else's and said, now let's see what Nate did. Cause I'm not picking it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and his, and he further cemented that hatred by throwing the guard bitch tits. <laughs> Good time was had by all. Uh, let's see. We, uh, we got to play, uh, WYSIWYG. What you steal is what you get, which is a game, uh, Matthew Broken Prism has been working on. So we got a chance to sit down and play that. And that may be the, he's going to be here tomorrow for an interview. That might be what he's potentially taking in the Kickstarter. Uh, so I'll talk to him about that tomorrow, possibly. Sons of Anarchy. I finally got to get a play into that. I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. So I know what I'm in for when I finally get my pre-order. 
when that when that finally pops. So what game from 2015 do you have that paired up with? I honestly I can't remember right off the top of my and then I I thought I had had the uh, Grim Bastards little mini expansion with it and I think I potentially took that off in case that would hold it up as well and then I tried to add it to a different one of course they're sold out like it's not in stock and so yeah I don't I don't I don't know. I've got so much crap hanging out there that it'd be funny if they all dropped at once cuz I think Megan would like kick my ass it was just like look i'm building a fort (laughs) (laughs) out of cool stuff cool stuff ink boxes uh legendary encounters like you said i mean i know you got some plays in prior and then uh we got to play here and michael taught that i think he said he played it three times saturday night i didn't get to sit in it all saturday night but we got to play it on sunday uh that was a lot of fun even though we got kicked in the nuts hard (laughs) that went downhill fast not important to clear the weapons locker (laughs) not at all only you we go there and you will get kicked in the balls <laughs> every time. And lock and key, like you said, and of course, uh, the, just the other night we played some Netrunner finally. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we uh, had not played that in forever, and as it showed, was <laughs> it showed. Uh, I don't know what my deck is supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, we had no idea what our decks were doing. We at times had no idea what <laughs> the order was or the rules or. So it was a whole lot of cobweb clearing and, <laughs> and, uh, eventually, I mean, we, we got two, two solid games in there. We both got a chances corp and runner and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. And hopefully we, uh, as we always say, <laughs> we'll play again here soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, next six to nine months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a lot of fun. All right. So there you go. That will bring us to the end of episode 52. Thanks for hanging out with us again. I'm Jeff King. And as always, I am the Canadian. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the GeekCast Network. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other podcasts with a geek culture slant, head over to geekcastnetwork.com, where you will find podcasts such as Two Bald Geeks, a podcast by two bald horror movie fans that dissect one horror movie a month, saving the spoilers for last. The GeekCast Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at geekcastnetwork.com.